is The Hill. Talking Rugby League with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm Tim Sparks and welcome to The Hill, a weekly podcast about our modern day gladiators, our code, our rugby league, a show not from the perspective of former players in suits, nor is it a show from a gender-driven Murdoch journalist. It's a show from The Hill, a show for the fans, from the fans, the trials, the tribulations of the highs and the lows this great code gives us, where it's move out, Phil Rothfield, and move in, Phil Economides. If it's your first time here, welcome aboard. Thank you for joining us. And if you're a loyal listener coming back for more, then welcome back and thank you so much for your listenership. I've got a big show for you because we're into the final round of the regular season, all right? So we've got plenty to talk about there. I'm going to preview round 20. I've got a real topical bit of history, okay? And I'm going to do that at the top of the show. Uh, And when that happens, you'll find out why Uh, I've adjusted our system and put it that Put that to the top of the show. Uh, I got a Who Would You Rather Be that you're going to enjoy. Uh, Tiger Corner is there towards the end of the show. Uh, I've got I've got a fair bit of uh, some feedback from you guys involving some comments and some questions uh, and some rugby league dream uh, work. So really looking forward to getting into that later into the show. Uh, and as you know, there'll be plenty more. All right. So without further ado. Let's get stuck in. So from the top, uh, for people that are just joining us, uh, my former co-host who's on hiatus at the moment due to COVID restrictions and having uh, another child, Sam Perry, can't join me in person. So he sends through a text message uh, and it's pretty simple. He sends me a text. I read it out and make a few comments about it. Okay, so uh, here we go. Oh, and I, just before I answer, I read the text out, uh, I said last week, I, I thanked Pezza uh, for, you know, sort of producing the show and still being involved uh, with the Terry Hill here. Uh, he picked me up on that during the week uh, off air and just said that, you know, he's not really a producer, that I'm actually more a producer and he's more taking on the role of uh, an editor and publisher. Uh, so it was good of him to correct the record there and just sort of get a bit of role clarification uh, around the around what we do here on the Hill. So... Uh, thanks for that, Pezza, but thanks for being involved uh, in your editing and publishing uh, role nonetheless. Uh, so here goes the text. Uh, G'day, Tim. Darius Boyd capped the Broncos' spoon-sealing loss with a gender reveal party. Thoughts? Yeah, I'll, I'll address that in a minute when we go over last night's game. Uh, and how about the Economist Tigers article? Yes, that will feature in Tiger Corner. Apparently, they need to, to recruit better. Yes. Uh, looking forward to your new segment 360 today to go well, mate. Uh, the 360 uh, comment was the fact that Pez is trying to encourage me to, to steer the issues segment uh, into more of a 360 flavor. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, uh, to be honest. Uh, and I guess we'll just see how we go. I can't promise you anything there, Pezza. Uh, but, you know, as an as a, as a editor-publisher of the show, you know, I'll, I'll take on the feedback and see how we go with it. All right. On to round 20. We've made it. Round 20 in, what are we looking at? Friday, the 25th of September. What would usually be, I guess, it would usually be preliminary final week. I know a few people on other shows have sort of talked about this, but if you're anything like me uh, and enjoy structure uh, in your life, you're going to be feeling a little bit thrown out uh, because, yeah, it's late September. The weather's getting warmer. Uh, you know, if you're a cricketer, you're starting to do a bit of pre-season cricket or starting to think about cricket a little bit while still having rugby league going on. Uh, and it's usually a pre- preliminary final uh, type week heading into a grand final. But no, I went to round 20 uh, with the finals ahead of us. So yeah, just, just you know, feeling a little bit out of sync there. And uh, you all might be as well. So, you know, I guess... We'll just have to, you know, deal with it. And as always, uh, we've just got to be grateful that the footy's on, uh, given everything that's going on around us in the world. Last night kicked off uh, proceedings for round 20 with the Cowboys beating the Broncos 32-16. Uh, I guess, yeah, the Broncos, it probably summed them up a little bit. They started well and showed a couple of signs uh, of, of, you know, entertaining us into, you know, a good game of footy and then just fell away straight away. Like, I think they went out to 10-0 or something like that pretty early. Darius or Darbs, 
as he was called, I think, by some players. Uh, scored a try, good on him for his last game. But then they just fell away very, very quickly, I thought. I mean, the Cowboys had a few disallowed tries too and still won 32-16. Did it way too easily. Um, Tabuai Fidel, he's, Fidel, sorry, he's, he's, he's a really exciting player, isn't he? Uh, Val Holmes played pretty well, I thought, uh, there. Um as did Kyle Felt, who's ruled himself out of Origin. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to play Origin uh, towards the end of the year. With players just seem to be ruling themselves out left, right, and Darren Center everywhere. But um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit bit later. Uh, but it was, I guess, yeah, Gavin Cooper's last game as well. Uh, yeah, I really like the cut of Gavin Cooper's cloth. He's sort of one of those guys. I mean, what, he's a 300-game player. Uh, played most of his footy at North Queensland. But, you know, he was one of those guys that he'd, he'd never be in trouble. He'd never, never never any controversy around him. But he still had that sort of larrikin nature around him, I think. Uh, and that was sort of a bit evident in some of the few interviews he sort of did towards the end of his career. And, um, you know, he clearly likes a good time and he's a bit of a larrikin himself. But he's also able, uh, I guess, to, you know, participate in society um, sensibly. Which I like, you know, I think sometimes we live in a world where we sort of think that either players are really just, you know, uh, sort of, you know, clean cut, nice guys, um, or they're right on the other side of it where they're, they're lunatic sort of party boys. You know, you've either got a sort of a Jake Trebojevic sort of type or you've got a Todd Carney type and there's sort of nothing in the middle. I think actually the more you look into it, there's probably a lot of guys like Gavin Cooper who, who enjoy a good time and enjoy a laugh and like being around the boys, but yeah, can also... Um, you know, just be sort of functional citizens and good people. So, yeah, I really like the the cut of his cloth. It was good to see him go to win it. He kicked a goal. Um, he struck that goal really well. One of the one of the better goal kicks I've seen from sort of retiring forwards uh, in a long time. I remember John Scandalis kicked a really good one in his uh, final game for the Tigers at Leichhardt. He missed it. We actually, Pezra and I actually talked to Scandalis about it. Uh, at the, at the old Balmain Leagues Club after the game and just talking about... Because I think it was from quite a fair way out. Took it back. I think he took it back past the 20. Struck it really well. Like, kicked it with a lot of height, uh, but didn't get the goal. But I thought, yeah, Gavin Cooper for a, for a forward um, gave a good account of himself uh, with the boot there. So that's all she wrote for um, North Queensland and Brisbane. Obviously, Brisbane get the spoon there. Um which I guess is sort of good to see in some ways. I mean, I've got to be honest, I'm not as happy about the Broncos getting the spoon as I think a lot of other people are. Uh, a good mate of mine who I'm sure isn't listening to this show, Tom Harley, uh, who spent a lot of time living in Queensland and Brisbane, he said he got really sick of... He said Brisbane fans were really entitled, uh, I guess because they're sort of used to winning all the time. His observation was a lot of them were a bit flaky. You know, if they, if they weren't winning or they weren't doing well, they'd sort of really turn on their team quickly, which... Sort of seemed un-Queensland, but I guess the the Broncos sort of, you know, they are a little bit un-Queensland in the sense that, you know, they're so powerful and they're so used to winning that they were they were the rock stars, they were the big dogs, uh, which sort of is such an interesting sort of juxtaposition, I guess, to what the Queensland origin side is, which is always the underdog, uh, always the battler, always coming up against the the bigger opponent it's sort of interesting just how the Broncos sort of sits inside that I guess culture of um yeah of underdogs in in Queensland um but yeah I guess you know there sounds like they'll get their they'll they'll decide who their coach is in the next coming days they'll sound they'll they'll figure out who their CEO is and I guess take it from there but yeah I, 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 I I don't know um a real fall from grace from them. But nonetheless, we push on to uh, Friday night's games, tonight's games, if you're listening to the show on a Friday. Uh, and again, you know, we've just got a couple of games of footy. The top eight's decided. Uh, you know, we're not in the, we're not, rugby league's not about entertainment. You know, it's about footy. It's about community. It's about having a team to follow. It's about being part of something. You know, you always hear these these people in suits talk about how um, footy is entertainment. 
You know, like, I'm telling you, like, I, I think I, I put up on the Facebook page last week with the Tigers finally out of top eight contention. I sat down to watch the game and my body just felt different. Like, there was no sort of nerves. Uh, there was no sort of like, you know, simmering kind of anxiety, you know, around my sort of torso. There was no sort of like excitement to like go and tell a few of my friends who've been sledging the Tigers during the week, you know, how they, you know, how do, how do you like it now? All that sort of stuff, you know, um, there was none of that. And my point is, you know, what other form of entertainment like makes your body you know, change in that sort of way. You know, I don't sit down and go to the movies and get a bit of popcorn and, a, and a, an ice cream or whatever and, you know, start to feel really anxious and worried about what's going to happen. Like, I just sit back, kick back, go, let's enjoy the movie, happy days. You know, I go to a, a music concert or something like that. You're just excited to see it. And you, you, you sit back and go, how good's this, you know, and listen to some music, dance around maybe, you know, feeling good, feeling happy. You know, what about walking out from the footy when you lose? You get, you know, you're getting pumped by like Parramatta or something at Parramatta, you know, and you've got their fans all over you. you got Mitchell Moses carrying on and, you know, all that's, that's not entertainment, you know. I don't walk out of the, I might walk out of a movie going, oh, I didn't really like that, wasn't great. But I don't walk out going, let's start the car, let's get the hell out of here because I can't deal with this anymore, you know. So, sorry, I, I sort of... I veered off there, but the point is, like, it's, you know, it's a, you know, it's football, it's clubs, it's community, it's a, it's a fan's relationship to their team, to their players, you know, it's a, it's a fan's relationship to other fans, which is all good, it's great, but it goes beyond entertainment. But anyway, the Titans... The Knights, a game of footy is my point there. Uh, Titans been playing some real good footy, speaking of footy, four on the trot. Uh, at the Gold Coast, it's going to be a tricky one. You know, the Knights are really up and down. I've said that all year. But, you know, the fact that they've been up and down, they've been up a lot. So they've found themselves in a position where they're going to play finals, uh, which is good. If Canberra lose and the Knights can finish fifth, you probably actually really want to be that that fifth spot is probably really important because I think it's a no is it a big difference to play South or Cronulla? I kind of think it is, uh, but as they say, you know, finals footy it's a new competition, isn't it? Um, I think oh, it's actually be a good game. Looking forward to that. Might entertain me actually uh, a little bit. Funnily enough, um, I'm looking forward to that game. Six o'clock slot uh, on a Friday. Uh, I'm. T- oh. My heart, my heart sort of wants to, to tip both of these sides. Uh, I'm going to tip the Gold Coast. I think they might just get it done uh, because that, you know, I just think the, the up and down nature of the Knights uh, might still be there. they got Bradman Best coming back, which is good. Uh, you know, yeah. I said this last week that the Titans winning it, it really bounces them into the, into the preseason, into next year. Like, I'm not convinced. I'm really not convinced. Uh... Because I just don't see it happening, you know. And I think it, it could be an interesting sort of thing. I know the Titans have probably, they've started to gel a little bit more as the season's gone on. I think I've got a new coach, a new halfback. Uh, but I also believe that they've actually had no pressure on them the sort of last five or six weeks, which is why they're winning. You know, so it's it's much different prospect winning when there's no expectation, you know, there's no thought of finals, uh, so there's really no pressure and you can play with a whole lot of freedom to, you know, playing at the start of the season where points, you know, you're playing for a top eight position, uh, you're probably under a bit of pressure to perform uh, and let, let's see if they can win then. I think, you know, I, I'm really liking the Titans, really liking Justin Holbrook, but like let's let's turn over to next year and see if they can actually start to win uh, when there's some pressure on, on them. Roosters uh, and South Sydney, great rivalry, always a great game. I think I went to this corresponding game last year, uh, again, with old mate Tom Harley, who's probably not listening to the show, um, and we saw a fight break out, like at the end of the end of the game, it was really weird, really weird, uh, South and Roosters fans, uh, so yeah, don't know if that'll happen again, probably not, because there's... Not many people allowed in there. Uh, I think the Roosters will win and win extremely comfortably. Uh, sorry, South, but there looked to be a little charge happening, but I think losing Latrell has hurt you. And um, 
Wayne Bennett seems to be focusing on coaching appointments in um in other areas. So I think the Chooks they just they just genuinely look unbeatable. I, I don't know. It's going to take something very very special for someone to knock them off. Uh, and I really think, oh maybe Canberra can do it. Maybe Canberra or Penrith can do it. I don't think Melbourne can. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm going the the Sydney Roosters. Uh, yeah, by a lot. Uh, the Bulldogs and the Panthers. Uh, the Dogs will come come out and, uh, you know, do their best again. I think. I know Penrith have rested a few, few blokes, but I think they'll be too good. Um, yeah, just looking through there, they've still got Coruscant. They got Cleary. Uh, Luai still playing. Yo's still playing. Tarmus on the field. Fisher Harris. They bent. Oh, their pack hasn't changed much. Um, Matt Burton's on the bench A lot of talk about him going somewhere else next year uh, More than welcome to the Tigers Matt, if you're listening to the program Have a think about it uh, Sharks play Canberra I think Canberra have rested their entire side uh, And again, because we're in the entertainment business You can't do that apparently uh, I don't have a problem with it As Stick said, you know, he's got to look after his players I'm sure all the Raiders fans um, will trust Sticky and be happy with it, you know? That's the thing. The footy's about... The, the Raiders are about the Raiders, you know? And the Raiders fans, you know, they don't have an obligation, you know, to turn out an entertaining game for people like me on a 5.30 on a Saturday afternoon. You know, they'll do that anyway because they play with a good style of footy. And to be honest, from a neutral perspective, it's good to look at a, a, a few new young guys uh, coming through the ranks of any of any football side, in my opinion. I actually think Canberra will, will win that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Cronulla. They've rested a lot of people too. Wade Graham at 5'8". That's interesting. Um, no Moylan. They're not rushing him back. Uh, I actually don't mind the look of that young Tracy. Is it Connor Tracy? Is that his name? Yeah, Connor Tracy. He looks pretty good. Uh, I like him. Uh, I've got the Tigers and the Eels at 7.30. Look, I guess I'll move more into that in Tiger Corner. Uh, I guess it's Benji Marshall and Chris Lawrence's last game. So that's, that's, that's good. I think that's good. Um, it's good that the players can have their last game. Yeah, it's a shame that it's not one of the, the traditional venues for them, either Campbelltown or Leichhardt. But I think, look, I think ultimately, I don't know that I was carrying on a little bit uh, about Benji Marshall last week. I'm just going to cut that out, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that alone for this week. It's his week. And I, I actually saw an interview with Marshall where he'd really changed his tune a lot. I think he was really shocked when he first found out that he wasn't going to be offered another contract, I think he's accepted it. Uh, and he spoke with a lot more gratitude uh, towards the club. Uh, he was really thankful for coming back and having a second uh, stint with the club uh, and sent a really nice message out to the, to the fans and the members. All right. And look, I know, you know, people might think I'm getting a bit anti Benji Marshall. Like I'll just give you a little insight. Tuesday night, had a great sleep, you know, one of the great sleeps of the season. Uh, maybe not of my career, but definitely of the season. Uh, and dreamt, and essentially dreamt, well, not essentially, this is what I dreamt about. Uh, I was playing at Leichhardt Oval with the Tigers, for the Tigers, in what was Benji Marshall's last um, home game for the season. I scored a try in it, uh, and as I was at the, at the grandstand end, at the Keith Barnes stand end, uh, for people that know Leichhardt Oval, scored it. Try the uh, the weird thing was like Leichhardt had been renovated like really well too. Like it, they modernised it without losing any uh, of the feel about it. Uh, so I don't know if that was on must, that must have been on my mind somewhere uh, during the day. But anyway, I was walking. I scored the try. Come back from the Keith Barnes stand in. Marshall's kicking goals again, uh, and I give him the ball. I start crying, just saying how much I love playing with him. Uh, that he was my favourite player and all this sort of stuff. All right, so you know, if you want to know my real feelings about Benji Marshall, well, there's a small insight uh, into what's going on there. Okay, so but I think it's good that the club starts to move in a different di- a different direction. Um, yeah, so we'll leave it at that. Look, anything could happen with that game. I, I just, you know, I know a lot of my mates uh, have been texting saying that you know, power are cooked, as I was saying about ten weeks ago. 
um, which is right, they are. But, you know, the, the thing is, and I, I really have an issue with Parramatta, and the reason I always have an issue with Parramatta is because they always get it together uh, against our, our mob, the Tigers. So that's what I worry about. Uh, anything could happen. It could, yeah. I think it'll either be really close, one way or another. Just the Tigers seem to struggle to win some of the close games this year. I think it'll be a close game, you know, sort of like 24-26, 28-22, something like that within a try, or it'll just be like, you know, 56 to 10 to Parramatta. I think it'll be one or the other. I don't think it'll be anything in between. You know, I don't think it'll be 28-10 or anything like that. You know, it's all the, it's going to be less a try or less, or it's going to be by 50 to Parra. So uh, that's to look forward to. The Warriors up against the Eagles, just a game of footy, out of contention for the eight. Uh, Warriors have been really, really good, obviously. Everyone's talking about that uh, the last... A month or so. Shame they couldn't push for the for the final. That's the one thing this season's missing uh, is just a team pushing for the eight. You know, kind of like what was the Jared Hayne year that um, uh, Parramatta did it when they made the grand final against Melbourne. I think it was 09. Uh, you know, just a little like a surge like that. You know, um, we don't have one of them. That, that's always exciting when that happens and someone really starts to charge and get it together. Uh, Canberra kind of did that last year in some ways, I guess. Uh, yeah, and it, even if, like, you know, the, the, the Tigers, I guess, have been doing it, you know, two or three times uh, over the last few years where they make a charge for it. And then it just makes the last round more interesting, uh, no matter what the team is. And then it's sort of a team you can try and get behind if they make the finals. You know, it would have been nice if that was the Warriors, but uh, it's not to be. Manly have been disappointing. Uh, we know that. And it's, you know, they miss Happy Coruscant. Like, I, I think I put this up on the Facebook page uh, on over the weekend, and then the Daily Telegraph ran a story on it uh, on the Tuesday or so. So whoever from the Telegraph is listening to the show, g'day, thanks for your listenership. Um, if it's you, Buzz, g'day, mate, you know. Uh, you know, thanks for listening and tuning in. But, yeah, I just basically said he's probably the most influential player uh, of the season in the sense that, they really miss him at Manly. Like, I think that's been a real, uh, it's, that's had a real impact and, and it's it's um, altered how Manly have played and why Manly have played so poorly. Not just they're missing Turbo, but also Coruscant. And it's just taken Penrith, you know, from a from an all right team to, you know, to a team that's won, what, 15 in a row. So uh, I think he's the most influential player uh, of the season, uh, I think the Warriors will win that. I think they'll, um, yeah, they've really got a spirit about them. But two of us, Ashek staying, even though he's injured and not playing, is testament to that. Uh, yeah, good on them. Good on the Warriors. And I think they might even want to send Todd Payton out a winner too, because uh, he's done he's done a real good job with them. Uh, and as a former Tiger, I would expect nothing less. Last game of the round, the Dragons up against the Storm. I think the Storm have rested pretty much everyone in their side. Pappenhausen is the captain. Um, interesting Pappenhausen got the captaincy over uh, over Brandon Smith and over Christian Welsh. That's interesting. Oh, I guess Christian Welsh had that COVID breach. It's probably, probably can't be handing him the captaincy, even though that was probably an honest mistake. I thought maybe a guy like Brandon Smith or Welsh would be in front, but... um. Pappenhausen got it. So that's obviously a reflection on what he's like around the group too. Uh, and again, as a former Tiger, I'd expect nothing less either. Uh, I think the Storm will win that. I, know, I think they'll win that well. What did uh, Dean Young say last week? He seems fed up. He seems over it. Uh, there seems to be a real lack of excitement about Anthony Griffin coming in, I reckon. You know, um, I think you, you, you sort of think about the Cowboys and I think they're excited to get Peyton. Uh, and, it, you know, you, I think you can just get a bit of a feeling about that. I think the Dragons look fed up and I don't think they're excited uh, about that. More on that later too in the show. Um, but, yeah, just a shout-out to any Dragons fans out there. A real shout-out because I've, I've, I like the Dragons. Uh, a really good, you know, a, a great club really. Uh, and it's been, I think, a real hard hard year for them. Just because to compare it to the Tigers, it's sort of like, yeah, well, the Tigers are pretty ordinary. The, the salary cap's all out of the joint. Like, you know, probably not expecting that much. But the Dragons probably had a little bit of hope uh, coming into this year. So just a shout-out. Uh, yeah, I haven't done a shout-out for, for a couple of weeks. So there's a shout-out to all the Dragons fans out there. If you're out there, 
Gareth Walsh, if you still listen to the program, you in particular, mate. Um, hope everything else in life's going well for you. I got 1% on my phone. That's no good. I'll have to charge that. Um, bang. All right, just in the nick of time. That could have been dangerous. Uh, okay, that's your round 20 preview. Okay, so we're going to move in a bit of history. And that's coming in at the top of the show, okay? And you'll see why. So if you're new to the program, bit of history, just a bit of history about something in rugby league that you may uh, not have known. So this is kind of a two-parter uh, bit of history, uh, which it usually is. You usually end up learning a few things. Okay, so what I wanna, I'm going to talk about, uh, we're going to go back to 1970 and we're going to talk about the Endeavour Cup. All right, and I'm going to thank Andrew Ferguson, who runs the Rugby League Project, uh, which is such a good statistical page for rugby league uh and you know is really helpful for this show so shout out to andrew ferguson follow him on twitter he's pretty good uh yeah he's written i just found this article i heard about this endeavor cup okay so it's the endeavor cup of 1970 what's the endeavor cup you ask well what happened in 1970 um this was back it was a top four uh, in those days, so the top four made the finals. I think it was one verse four, two v three, and whatnot, and they moved through to the finals. So um, the other teams just finished, okay. And there was always a kangaroo tour at the end of the season. Then, um, so some of the clubs were worried that you know if you didn't play in the finals, then you would miss out on being selected in the kangaroo tour. One because you'd lack the fitness, but also you weren't on show. Uh, for the selectors, you know, which is interesting because that's just carried on, you know, it's always, it's always a bias to like teams who make the grand final and you get a guy that hasn't played origin before, usually like a back rower or someone like that. Like I think, yeah, um, that usually makes the kangaroo side because, you know, they're sort of front of mind and I guess there's some fitness about them. Anyway, 1970 Cronulla of all teams uh, proposed to the New South Wales Rugby League at the time. Uh, to host an end-of-season competition, okay? So it was teams finishing fifth and eighth uh, would play off um, to win this thing called the Endeavour Cup. And it's interesting to think that they did this in a time... You know, now they're sort of talking about, um, you know, like making it 10 teams as the finals and then the top six make the playoffs and then teams seven to 10 play off to make the last, like to get the last two positions of the, of the finals. Sorry, while well, I put a jumper on here. Um, so it's a kind of a similar kind of principle in some ways, but anyway, yeah, fifth to eight, uh, it was played over two weekends. I think, uh, it only lasted for two years. So 1970 Newtown beat Balmain in the final. I think it was like 12, eight or something like that. Uh, and then in 1971, Cronulla beat Canterbury, uh, 20 to 13. And then, yeah, there was always a playoff for third. Uh, so the playoff for third in 71, West beat North 25-21. And uh, in 1970, Cronulla uh, beat East 30 to 2. So, you know, we sort of get excited, get excited or think that, oh, you know, 10, you know, doing a 10 finals system and doing the, you know, doing that is, you know, don't, you know, don't tinker around with, with history and what's going on. And, you know, it's a top eight and it works really well. So don't stuff around with it. It just shows that, you know, there's always been this sort of stuff happening with league. Uh, you know, it's only 1970. It's really, I don't know, it's a long time ago in some ways, but it's also not that long ago too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that they did that and they, they played the competition over, they played it over two weeks. Um, with double headers and things like that. And there was cash money prize, oh, cash, but there was a, a prize money uh, as well to incentivize it. Um, I think it's like, I think it was a way Cronulla wanted to make money as well because they hosted it. I think because it was an Endeavour field, they called it the Endeavour Cup. Um, and I think they managed to like, you know, get back into a decent financial position. Uh, it was televised and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah. And then I think they gave some to the charity um, in the next season as well. Um, but yeah, it was, where was I going with that? 
Um, well, the main thing they did out of that as well was that they trialed um, some rule changes. So, and guess what? The big rule, the big rule trial in the 1970 Endeavour Cup was a six tackle rule. Because for those that don't know, traditionally or historically, rugby league was unlimited tackle, so there was still a play the ball in the ruck. Um, but similar to rugby union, there was you could just hold the ball until there was an error or a forced turnover. It wasn't until 1966 that they brought in a four tackle rule. All right. Some people say that was to halt the progress of the Dragons, uh, but there's a bit of debate about that. Um, but that's not the bit of history we're focusing on. The bit of history we're talking about is that in 1970 Endeavour Cup, they introduced the six-tackle rule. Because uh, I think with the, when the fourth-tackle rule came on, they, it started, they used to kick heaps. Um, and so with the introduction of the six-tackle rule, they thought they'd move the ball a little bit more. Um, and here's a little... Quote from Harry Bath, the great Harry Bath, who was coaching Newtown and also coached Australia, said, I like it. The six tackles give a team that little extra to work with and provide more continuity to the play. The element of panic is not as prevalent and there aren't as many drop passes. The players have more time to settle down. Uh, then I think Don Ferner, who was the East coach at the time, says, in our game, there were only 16 scrums and this has to be much better. I like the idea of the six tackles. The best football will come on the fourth, fifth and sixth tackles when the defence is starting to tire a little. Anyway, it was so successful that they kept the six tackle rule uh, for the next season. And as we know, uh, it's lived on until this day. So there was, you know, this history of, you know, rule changes as well. And it's, you know, it's just topical that we're going um, into a round uh, where there are rule changes uh, at the time, which I think is the, the use of the six again for the 10-metre rule, the handover for kicks into touch rather than a scrum, uh, nominated forwards only to pack into the scrums, and then I think change the bunker referral process to reduce stoppages. I didn't quite watch the game really closely last night to see what the deal with the bunker was. I I don't know. and I, I, Yeah, I just didn't watch it close enough. I was sort of cooking dinner and um, doing a few other things as well. I had it on, but I didn't see enough of it to focus, to see the rule changes. Um, but yeah, just, you know, uh, they were, and it was just, in, I found it interesting in the Endeavour Cup, they were talking about less scrums, even back then. Uh, I know Phil Gould on his, on his podcast, um, where he just talks in a monotone fashion the whole time, basically. Uh, says that they should get rid of scrums and they serve no purpose anymore. And other people say they're an embarrassment because you don't um, feed the ball properly and they don't contest. And they're like, I feel even feel good saying, well, if now only forwards can pack, it's not going to make any difference. I'll tell you what the difference it makes. Um, it means that you only have backs in, in um, or out of the scrum, which means you can do some set movements and some set plays off scrums. Like, I, I think they're so good, you know. Tim Sheens used to, to run them for the Tigers. There was that famous one, uh, if you're a Tigers fan, in the 05 preliminary final um, against St. George where um, Benji Marshall either put Brett Hodgson through, he might have dummied him and went through to score himself uh, off the scrum. And I think the Cowboys, that it was disallowed. That try that they scored in the corner was disallowed, but it came off a scrum movement. And it's going to stop. What it will stop is like giving like the big second rower um, the ball just for a one-out hit-up off the scrum. And I think it, it might actually create some more creativity um, and some set plays. That would be good to see if that happens. So that's where I think, you know, having only forwards pack into the scrum will actually help uh, as far as that rule change goes. Um, yeah. Six again for, for 10 metre infringements will be interesting. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's just a bit of history for you. Endeavour Cup, six tackle rule. That's where it originated uh, and that's how it stayed. So um there's your bit of history for the week. All right. Well, we'll bounce out a bit of history and we'll bounce into who would you rather be. Okay. I don't really know how I came up with this. wasn't really wasn't really going searching for for anyone uh, in particular, but I've come up with it. Who would you rather be? Mick Crocker or Mick Devere? Michael Crocker or Michael Devere? Not gonna, not gonna really go into into this too much. Other than, you know, you want to be a hard hitting second rower that plays for a couple of strong clubs, does a fair bit of Queensland Origin, has an extremely good rig, 
strong, massive forearms that did a fair bit of goal kicking uh, in his early years, which I'd actually forgot about. Mick Crocker, goal kicking. 204 first grade games, Roosters, Storm, South Sydney, 13 for Queensland, 6 for Australia. I'm telling you, just in his Wikipedia, he's got this like white polo shirt on with his collar popped. Looks like he's at the golf course or something. Just the just the sheer strength and size of the bloke. Or do you want to be Devere? Devere, who I think in his heyday was like a um, a really good um, long distance runner. 160. Basically, he's a one team player. Uh, 160 games for the Broncos in '97 to '04. Um, you got yeah. You're in Super League there too. Your debut in Super League. That's interesting. Um, and yeah, playing a few grand finals. Win at least one competition. I guess two if you include the Super League one for Brisbane. You kick four hundred and three. See, if you want your goal, if you want to kick your goals, you're going. You're going to have to go for um, Devere because he's got four hundred and three of them. Um, and maybe, just maybe, you want to be in that long line of tradition uh, in the Broncos of having a New South Welshman as a centre. Like, what's the deal? Why do they always have one? Chris Johns in the early years. New South Welshman in the centres. used to always freak me out when Origin would come around because he played for the Broncos and then you'd see him in a Blues jersey and you just think, what, what's doing? What's going on? I don't get it. You know, then as, as he sort of, you know, um, exited his career, in comes Michael Devere playing for the Blues, getting this, you know, the st- stitches stapled into his head. Um, then who was it after that? James Roberts, you know, when they made the grand final last. Uh, Jimmy the Jet. Now they've got um, Katoni Stags. It's weird. Like it doesn't. Ha- they don't seem to happen at like other parts of their. You know, like they they they've almost always got a Queenslander at fullback, for example. Their halves are usually Queenslanders. Fact check me and pick me up on this if I've if I've made a howler here with anything. Like I know Lazarus sort of was a prop for a little while, but there's just a long history of uh, centers and not wingers. But centres, and just one, not two, just one. Is it like, is it in the blueprint? I was starting to think that maybe that's where the Broncos are going wrong this year, but then I realised Staggs is a New South Welshman. So, you know, I was looking in the wrong areas for where, um, where Brizzy had gone wrong. But the point is, are you Devere or are you Crocker? I'm going to be Crocker. I met him at uh, Cockle Bay one night, circa probably 2000 and. One, it was when I, him and Marco Mealy had that massive fight in um, State of Origin and Marco Mealy was like, oh, yeah, if I had my time again, I'd do exactly the same thing. And I asked Crocker about it. I was like, oh, what's doing with O'Mealy? And he's just like, oh, I don't know, mate. I just think he's a bit of a weirdo. Anyway, he was a really lovely guy, Crocker. I really like him. Um, so I'm going to be I'm gonna be Crocker. And I know that means I'm, I, I go to the storm for a bit, but so be it. Um because I like I liked I liked the way he played the game. I really liked it. Um, yeah, that's that's hard for me actually. But I've done it. I've said it. I'm I'm Crocker, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna stand by it. I'm standing by it. So let me know. Get in touch with me and tell me. You know, I'm, I'm mate. I'm gonna be Devere. I'm gonna get the staples in the head. I'm gonna kick 403 goals, and I'm gonna go to Huddersfield for a couple of seasons. You know, and be really happy with it. Be really happy with my decision. Get in touch, Facebook page, the Twitter, direct message me, do whatever you want. But I'd love to hear um, who you were in, in, in Who Would You Rather Be. Uh, and if you've got an idea for Who Would You Rather Be, I'm all ears. I, I, I love ideas here on the show. Get in touch with me. We like it if it's the first name's the same or the last name's the same. But if you can find something to play around with there, Get in touch. Don't be afraid. You know, don't be afraid um, to get in touch with me. Right. That's who would you rather be. All right. Time for Hill 360, as Pezza wants to call the issues section. Um, So here it is. Starting to sort of think like we've been at this rugby league stuff since bloody early March. We've, we've We've had COVID. We've had the code almost grind to a halt, like literally, like, the, the, the code's life was feared for 
uh, for a few months. We were never going to see rugby league ever again. Uh, then, it, then, it, then it turned into um, the fact that we could see it again, just in a bit of a different way, you know, and the code comes back and, you know, we're playing in, with no crowds. Now we're playing in front of cardboard cutouts, uh, Origin's not happening, it's at the end of the year to sort of getting back to some sort of normal and we're, you know, as I said before, we're, we're into, we're, we're in preliminary final weather, um, but we're playing final football, final rounds of football rather, regular season football still, so we're, it just seems like so much has happened and it's just like, Pez is telling me to get worked up about this stuff, like it's just, can we, we still, you know, is there, how much more do we have to give? But the answer is... A bit, a fair bit. And the good thing about this is, as we know, that when finals comes around, it's a new competition, you know. So when it comes to finals time, you know, there's plenty to get through. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that later on in the program. I'll get with some issues. First thing, Redcliffe Dolphins. Well, they're back. They're in. Simple as that. They've got money. They've got money. They've got assets. Apparently, if they come in... They will be richer. They'll be the richest NRL club straight up. So uh, how can you not have them into the competition? I mean, it just makes perfect sense. Brisbane deserves another team. Queensland, um, or Brisbane deserves another team. Uh, You know, it's really the lifeblood of the code. Uh, You know, what is Redcliffe from what I've looked at? Um, 40 minutes or so from, from Brizzy, I think. Uh, you know, so it's, you know, there's, it's, there's a little bit of a, um, like it's, it's localized, I guess in, in that sense, uh, it already exists. The Dolphins are good, a good label. Uh, they've got the stadium, they're ready to go. Uh, I think it'll be really good. The only, I guess the thing is, you know, people are sort of talking about expansion. It, you're not expanding. You can't say you're expanding if you're entering, uh, another team into the competition. You, you'd have to say it's, consolidation really um you're consolidating the area uh you're strengthening the code financially uh i know brisbane wanted a a game i think the nrl wants suncorp same to have a game each week i think that's fair uh given it's brizzy um you know, you sort of look at AFL where where it's Heartland, you know, in Adelaide and, sorry, in South Australia and Western Australia, there's games in Perth and Adelaide each week, which I think is reasonable given it's, it's Heartland area. Um, so, you know, it, it, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, but you're not expanding. You can't call it an, ex, an, an expansion. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see when they come in because it sounds like Sounds like that's pretty much a done deal. I know the Brisbane Bombers were, remember those blokes were sort of uh, really pushing something together, but the Dolphins just make sense. I actually like it. I think it sounds good. Um, yeah, going to play a few games. I think a few games out of their own stadium there, a few in Suncorp, and then maybe um, one up at Sunshine Coast or something. I think they should leave Sunshine Coast to the storm, though. I think if Melbourne was smart about it, um, they'd predominantly play their games, obviously, out of Melbourne and then maybe take two to Sunshine Coast um, and do it that way would be my tip on it. Uh, but that's your Redcliffe Dolphin stuff. Uh, so I guess it's just a matter of time. And from there, I guess then it goes, that'll go to a 17-team competition. Where do we go to from there? I guess they'd have to make it 18 because I, uh, I don't think people like buys so much. Um, I'd go to Perth is what I would do. Um, but that's just me. Uh, what else have we got as far as it, the Hill 360 goes? Well, Gavin Badger's been punted um, from the referees. Couldn't make the top 22 squad. I don't know if it was salary cap pressure or performance or what it was uh, from the NRL referees, but it yeah, couldn't make the squad. I was just thinking about that. Like I was reading about it and they're like, oh, there's no room for Gavin Badger in the top 22 referees. Uh, which I find extremely hard to believe because he's a very good referee. Um, but just like the idea of like referees like setting themselves up for the top 22, like I just, they're referees, man. Like wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't it that just Badger just goes back now and referees, you know, like New South Wales Cup or Queensland Cup or, or whatever it might be, or, you know, Jersey Flag or 
and and he's still you know still refereeing. And then if you're doing a good job somewhere in those grades, you can come up and be part of the NRL. It just there's 22 of them. There's 22 referees. There's what eight games a week. It's only one person. I know some of them are running the line now, but oh, just the whole professionalization of referees. Uh, the mind absolutely boggles that we, we're living in a world where um, being a referee for a sport uh, is a profession, all right? And that's not disrespecting referees. I just think they would actually, we know they're overthought, they overthink things, they're overcoached. Uh, they don't just referee what's in front of them. They would do a better job if it was just something they did on the weekends, you know, a bit of training, a couple of nights a week. Oh yeah, how'd you go? Not bad. You keep them back 10. Uh, yep. Okay. Good work. Yep. Did you point to the spot when it was a try? Yep. Sweet. Um, you know, like there's not that much to it. Did you make a mistake or two? Yeah, probably. Oh, where'd you go wrong? Oh, well there and there. Oh, yep. Sweet. Well, you know, it'll even itself out next week as it always has, as it always will. Um, but anyway, feel for the badge and, um, yeah. He was good. He had that, like, he, he, you know, I, I say this not as a criticism. He clearly liked the spotlight, you know, um, and I think he probably has, a, you know, he has a bit of a presence uh, with what he does. I think that's a good thing, you know. Um, Bill Harrigan was like that. Um, was it Graham Hartley? Was that his name? Uh, in the 70s was like that. There's this, this weird kind of... Um, idea that the more arrogant guys and the guys that like the center stage more actually were the better referees uh which sort of flies in the in the face of thinking that they just there to referee and let the footballers um do the job but anyway that's all i got really on badger um well there's apparently there's a penrith cyber attack that's trying to bring down the penrith side uh, i don't know some sort of insinuation that something pretty ordinary has gone on with a player or a staffer or between a player and a former staff member or something. Um, yeah, fair bit of noise I, I noticed on Twitter maybe last week. Someone, people kept tweeting it saying it's going to come out and when it does, it's going to shock everyone and it's going to kill their premiership chances and all that sort of stuff. I don't know, Penrith, they've got the, uh, the authorities involved and I guess see what happens uh, on that. Uh, that's the Hill 360. Uh, don't know if I'm going to stick with the 360 stuff, Pezza. I'm uh, going to stay in my lane, I think, from here on. But, you know, good feedback um, as a publisher and editor of the show at the moment. You know, that's what we like. We like um, collaboration, all that sort of stuff. All right. Well, speaking of um, getting involved, Pezza, start the music up. Here we go. Tiger Corner. in a lot of ways it could be the last time uh for the season i'm not sure if i'm gonna run tiger corner into the finals uh sort of feel it might be a bit disrespectful to the teams participating in the finals and a bit disrespectful to you guys the fans out there so what i'm gonna need i'm gonna need people to get in touch and let me know uh if you want some tiger corner to still run through throughout the finals in years gone by the tigers are usually relatively strong in the lower grades uh, so what I'd, I'd usually turn my attention to um, is the lower grade sides, uh, but can't do that this year because they're not playing. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll come up with some stuff for you if you want me to continue it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how we go. It is. I guess it is a staple and a pillar of the show. That's the thing. Like I know we've had a few adjustments to our systems and structures on the hill. Do we want to tamper with that as well? Uh, you know, especially with the finals, you know, uh, and Origin coming up as well. So, yeah, that's just got me thinking a little bit. Look, last week uh, with the Storm, um, I mean, what do you say? I'll tell you what you say, actually. You say you got beaten by a far better team, a far better team that's far more cohesive um, and talented uh, pretty much in every position, <laughs> i got to say. Uh, there was one of those sort of like... Um, fake comebacks the Tigers sort of tried to make, you know, uh, where they sort of got back into the, in, into the, into the, you know, I think they got back to like 10 or 12 points, but it just, it just never looked like happening. Uh, a real positive of the last few weeks is Adam Dewey is a goal kicker. Um, 
which is great. And I think that if that's one thing that comes out of the season is that we found a goal kicker because a goal kicker uh, has cost us. Pez asked me to talk about the Economist article about the Tigers and, you know, um, the NRL Economist uh, sent a, uh, did a, an article on Fox Sports saying that the big problem with the Tigers is their recruitment, which is true. Um, there's no doubt about that. But I, I would simply, you know, and um, I said this, um to um I said this to the economist off air actually that the biggest issues with um with the um tigers sorry I just got a text message from someone that I hadn't heard from for a very long time and it just came up on my phone and it's just shook me up a little bit. Sorry about that. That's where the um train of thought went. You might have heard a little um, noise in the background. My apologies for that. The Tigers haven't had a goal kicker uh, really for such a long time. And, you know, if you don't have a goal kicker, you can't really win close games. Uh, so it's great that we've got a goal kicker. Um, and, yeah, look, my, my thoughts is that we, we just need continuity and consistency with our coach. So the, the only thing we need to do is keep Maguire because um, he is a good coach, but it's not just for the fact that he's a good coach, it's just for the fact that we need some continuity. The times Tigers have been strong is when we had Tim Sheens coaching for a long period of time. Uh, last week, I was extremely, extremely disappointed with um, Joseph Leilua, with BJ Leilua. I don't really, um, I'm not really here to get stuck into players, especially if they're wearing a Tigers jersey. But he has been nothing short of disappointing. The guy just doesn't want to tackle. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I like to be kind to people and give them the benefit of the doubt. I know it's a difficult year in the bubble and all that sort of stuff, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm almost a bit lost for words. Um, if you don't have anything nice to say, you shouldn't say anything at all. So I'll probably leave it there. Uh, and look, Let's look forward to this Parramatta game. Let's let's enjoy. Zane Musgrove looked good last week, so it'll be good to see him go round again. Uh, Tom McKayley's been good up front. Uh, I guess it's probably Harry Grant's last game for the Tigers. So, yeah, I yeah, uh, I think he added something to the Tigers, and it was it was good, especially when Little was injured. Um, what that's actually brought to the Tigers, I don't know, because it's so we haven't made the finals and. And he's leaving. It probably would have been better off having Simpkin or, or Little playing towards this back part of the uh, season. But it's probably out of respect for for Harry Grant. I reckon that Madge has um, continued uh, to give him a, a go. Uh, and I think it's just Madge just wants them to win games. I think I kind of like that about him. That he's a, he's a you know in the moment type coach. I think where um, yeah, just looking to win games. Um, so yeah, look. Not a whole lot to say here. I, what I'll do, actually, next week I'll do I'll do a full season review. I'll do a 360 review on the season because um, we know what's happened. But out of respect for the season, out of respect for, for the Tigers coming up now and the Eels, um, it's still a game of footy to be played. And let's hope they can send Benji and um, Chris Lawrence out winners. Um, yeah. And I guess Elijah Taylor as well, who's moving on. Uh, who else might be moving on? and be their last game. It might be Matt Eisenhuth's last game. It might be Michael Cheekham's last game. I think it might be Luke Garner's last game too, by the sounds of it. So there could be a fair few guys on the move. Uh, yeah. BJ Lillard has actually been dropped for this game, which is interesting. Uh, Tommy Talao has been a shining light all year. And actually, Nofaluma, I think he now needs three tries to be the leading try scorer. So if he could get that, I think that would be something um, he really deserves. So up the Tigers on the weekend. Uh, now, on to your questions and your comments. There's been some good ones. Uh, first of all, where am I? Have I saved this? Please tell me. I have, yeah. Uh, just uh, first ones onto the tipping Competition. Chris Marsh, I think, is leading the, the the tipping competition at the moment. I've thankfully got myself off the bottom, so hopefully we can keep it that way. Chris is just, he's really tweeted Pezzy here and just said, after the Titans win, you're now breathing down my neck in the hill tipping comp. Well played. Loving the show. Had trepidation when you, Pezza, went on hiatus, but Tim Sparks smashing it solo, particularly recently. Well, thanks for the rap, Chris. 
And the trepidation you had was definitely shared by me. Don't you worry about that. Uh, we all miss Pezza. And thanks for listening to, you sh- to the show and continuing. And I know a lot of people do miss Pezza. I'd miss him as well. Um, and so if you have stuck with the show, um, despite that, I do. I genuinely really appreciate it. Uh, On to the tipping comp. But look, so Chris, you've got your three in front of Pezza at the moment. It's really a two-horse race. Mary is a good coach who's Ben O's on 112. He's going to need something to go drastically right and for the other two for something to go drastically wrong for anything to change, really. Angus B, who's got a Canterbury shirt there, 111 would be half a chance as well, given that the Tibby Comp still runs into the finals. But I think it's a two-horse race. Uh, Chris, I wonder if you... You look to be a Knights fan with a Knights jersey there. I wonder if you tip against your own team because um, it might might hurt you. But just a tip, if you're wanting to know how to beat Pezza, Pezza only ever um, tips the favourites, you know. So, you know, he's very cautious in the way he tips. Uh, and that's not a slight. He does well at it. So it's probably a compliment. That's how he does it. So if you're looking um, at what he might do, he's just going to go for the favourites. Um what else have we got? Adrian Leon got in touch with me uh, a little bit earlier and sent me a, an article on Jared um, Kroger from the Raiders, the captain of the Raiders, um, and just said more, kind of, more of this kind of news because he was one of the guys that agreed with me that the new cycling rugby league gets really boring. It's just about injuries and coaches and, and that's about it. Um, and, yeah, he just sent me a an article on um, Kroger being nominated for the, the Stephen – Sorry, the Ken Stephen Medal, uh, which is for the community work and things like that. And it, it basically, Kroger just said it's not hard to be nice. Um, basically, says he, he finds it hard to say no to people and just, just wants to be nice to people and good to the community. Um, so that's why, um, you know, and he talks about it, remembering when players used to come to his school in Goulburn um, or something that he really looked forward to. So he tries to give back in that. Um, so Adrian suggested I try and get him on the show because he can't say no. So, um, yeah, I might try and do that. Uh, a question from Sam McNeil and he said, our thoughts on dragons letting Tristan Saylor go. Uh, I told him that I have some strong opinions on this. It's not even a strong opinion. I'll just give you the facts. Since Anthony Griffin's been appointed, um, that he's let two blokes go, Jason Saab and Tristan Saylor. Now, if anyone knows anything about uh, Anthony Griffin's um, Twitter history, uh, you'll see that he's into some, um, I guess, pretty uh, narrow sort of thoughts um, on certain um, parts of the community. Um, And all you need to do is have a look at Tristan Saylor and Jason Saab and see if you can put a couple of things together there. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, I wasn't sure if I should say that or not, but you know the the, the blokes, you know the blokes um, sh- shares all that shit on Twitter, um, you know, and, and and writes stuff about Indigenous players last year being critical of them not singing the national anthem, and then lets those two blokes go. The, f- the first and only two people he's let go. Just saying. Right, I'll finish with something a bit more positive, which I absolutely enjoy. Darren James has got in touch with me. Now, I spoke to you a little bit about my um, Benji Marshall dream earlier. I'm going to read you this whole thing because it's too good not to read out. So it goes, hey, Sparks and or Pez, I'm coming to you today because I had a bit of a weird dream last night, a rugby league dream. It's not the first time I've dreamt of the code. Love a code dream. Not a whole lot to not a whole lot to it other than I was drinking specifically Aperol spritzes with Tyson Frizzell. He didn't seem too into it, looking around and over his shoulder and such. Also, he looked far more like a lizard than usual. I really needed to pee, but also I wanted to chat footy. The impact he was going to make for my beloved Knights next year and what side of the park he was going to play on. I'm sure that's all things that have gone through your head. Especially because the Knights have got a couple of good back rowers anyway. Like, yeah, what side will he play on? Uh, anyway, sorry, that was me getting involved there. Uh, he told me he didn't know the answer to any of my questions and to stop speaking so loud. We were sitting cross-legged on my bed. What? 
Not sure if that's an important detail, but it feels important. I think that is important. Uh, I don't. I'm not here to interpret this. I'm just here to read it. Uh, anyway, I looked up what a lizard means in the context of a dream, and it represents treachery, deceit, and can also indicate being under threat, which is strange. Thanks for reading, mates. Not a lot doing here. Maybe I'm just worried about the Knights heading into our first final series in seven years without a damaging boar running second rower. Make that what you will. That will be all from me. Mate, that's outstanding. I love a code dream. As I said, I had one um, had one this week. I'm interested in why you were sitting on your bed. Like, were you, what, is that like some sort of like you had to do it in private? Or was it that that's the sort of relation, the intimate relationship you have with your, with your football team maybe? Um, it's good. I like it. If anyone wants to comment on that or have any theories on that, I think that'd be great. Um, but what I will say, if nothing else, Darren, is enjoy your side being in the finals, man. I know it's probably um, a bit of a concern because they're a bit up and down, but mate, enjoy this last game. Um, you know, and I hope they win for you. I do actually, even though I tipped the Titans earlier. I hope the Knights win. I've changed that. I hope the Knights win and bounce into the finals. You've got to enjoy it because um, I've almost forgotten what it feels like to have a team in finals. Uh, on that note, I'm going to finish up. A uh, lot to look forward to in the next few weeks of finals stuff. I'm going to have some real finals-related content. Okay, so a bit of history is going to be around finals. Who would you rather be is going to focus on finals. Um, yeah, it's going to have a real finals flavor. We're going to enjoy it. There's a couple more weeks to go. Uh, but for now, enjoy the footy. I hope your team wins. Hope you enjoy it. And I'll speak to you here on the Hill next week. Cheerio.